Hello, good afternoon everybody and welcome to today's thought for the day, for the 26th in fact. This thought was provided by Brother Richard Morgan. So the reading today made it quite difficult to decide which one to talk about. That's the Christadelphian readings from the Bible reading planner. We have the priestly blessing in Numbers 6, one of my favourite Bible passages in Proverbs chapter 3 and Jesus's words in Luke 17, which fit perfectly with our current situation. Being the sort of person who is terrible at making decisions like I am, and going to have to do two thoughts today to compensate. So here we go. Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 is what life is all about, especially right now. How to deal with our shared experience and the events happening all around us. This chapter is quoted in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 2 and verse 52, which says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. Words taken from Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4. So you will find favour and good success in the sight of God and man. What brings this about is what it says in verse 3. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That is the teaching and the commandments of God, verse 1. Jesus, of course, exemplified this and showed the word was written on his heart when he used the teaching and commandments of God in Deuteronomy to overcome his wilderness temptation. Look at the three quotations Jesus made. Two from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and one from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Then look at the context and marvel at the mind of Christ and how applicable those quotations were. Jesus didn't just pluck the verses out of thin air. He deeply understood the principle behind the passages that came to mind. The passages of scripture that were written on his heart. In fact, these bookends of those three quotations also form the bookends of the first sections of Proverbs chapter 3. Just as Proverbs 3 starts with the exhortation to write the word of God on our hearts, so does the beginning of Deuteronomy 6, where we read, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart, verse 6. Then, just after the third of Jesus' quotations in Deuteronomy 8, it says, As a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you, verse 5, which is also what it says after the third of Jesus' quotations in Deuteronomy 8. It says, As a man dis disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. The end of the section we're looking at in Proverbs 3, verse 11 to 12, and it says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. In between, there are three couplets of verses that are the answer to the three wilderness temptations. Verses five and six are the answer to the first temptation turning stones into bread, which is the lust of the flesh, instead of trusting in the flesh, trust in the Lord.
with all your heart, it says in verse 5. Then in answer to the temptation, when Jesus saw the kingdoms of the world, the lust of the eyes. We have the answer in verses 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Finally, the answer to the pride of life. When Jesus was tempted to throw himself from the pinnacle of the temple, instead of instead of honouring self, we should honour the Lord with your wealth. Verse nine. So my natural reaction to the pandemic has reminded me how powerful the lust of the flesh is. I get this horrible scrunchy feeling inside when I think about the virus and everything associated with it. My natural desires don't react according to faith and I can't control my anxious thoughts and feelings and, and feeling worried about or feeling worried and on edge all the time. Jesus's body also threatened to betray him when he fasted in the wilderness and the stones must have started to look like loaves of bread and his natural fleshly desires were crying out to him to do something about it. But the answer to this is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That is the bottom line. Yahweh is our safety net through all the turmoil caused by current events. My own understanding plays tricks on me and says, what if I get the virus? Or what if one of my family members gets the virus or somebody in our ecclesia? What if it's all a bad case? And I worry and I fret about it. The answer to it is to stop leaning on my own understanding and to trust in God. Let's say the worst case scenario plays out. By trusting in God, I'm sitting, submitting to his will. And if it is his will that virus catches up with us, then so be it. God knows best. If we acknowledge him in all our ways, verse 6, then he will make straight your paths. He will direct us in the right way. He is not caught off guard by the pandemic and the scrambling to figure out a solution for his children. He will lead us down the right path and we have nothing to fear. Our bodies betray us, but we really have absolutely nothing to be anxious about. All God wants us to do is to trust him, trust his plan for the world and trust his plan for us, our families and our ecclesias. God knows the very hairs of our head and he won't let anything bad happen to us that isn't for our eternal good. <coughs> Excuse me. So that was the first thought that we had today. The second thought follows like this. I find it intriguing that Jesus gave two different answers to the question to the Pharisees posted to him in Luke 17. They asked him when the kingdom of God would come. And he gave them a very short answer in verse 21. But then he turned to his disciples and addressed them and gave them a much longer answer, stretching from verse 22 to verse 37. So let's try and figure out why he gave different responses to the different groups by looking at the longer response first. So, with everything that is going on, 
the question of when will the kingdom come is probably right at the foremost at our minds right now. But there is a warning in these verses because Jesus exhorts us not to be led astray by false signs. Look here or look there, verse 23, Jesus says, do not follow them, verse 23. Now, the pandemic might be a sign of the closeness of Christ's return, but it might not be. In fact, what Jesus says next might suggest that when he does return, life will just be chugging along as normal. It's that passage about the return being like it was in the days of Noah and Lot, when society was eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage, verse 27. And the eating and the drinking, the buying and the selling, the planting, the building, verse 28. That sounds like people will be living their normal lives. Obviously, to the fact that their world is about to come to an end, oblivious. However, the various prophecies that speak about Christ's return are very ambiguous regarding the order of events. Some passages speak about war and commotion, like at the Olivet Prophecy. While this passage in 20, Luke 21 suggests it is going to be a time of peace, security and normality. I think that ambiguity is designed. If the Bible says Jesus will return when a virus calls in, uh, called COVID-19 comes, wreaks havoc across the globe, then we wouldn't promote faith, would we? Knowing human nature, we'd just wait until that eventual event happened and then try and get our act together. But Jesus tells us that we need to get our acts together now to be prepared for his return at any moment. In fact, the return of Christ, if you think about it, is no longer a way for each of us than the day of our death. It's no further away than that. If we were to die unexpectedly, our next waking moment would be the return of Christ. Now, it might be that we've already gone through the marrying, the eating, the buying, etc. phrase. And we're expecting now, and what we're expecting now is getting the getting the world finally ready for our Lord's, Lord's return. We don't know, but what we do know is we ought to remember Lot's wife, which is the example Jesus gave. If we find ourselves over worrying that the pandemic will put an end to our secure finances or that Jesus's return is so close that I won't be able to get married or have children or marry a wife or buy that house or go on vacation, then we need to remember Lot's wife. God is going to bring fire on this earth that will make the coronavirus look like nothing at all and that this world holds dear will be burned up. So let's make sure we don't have Lot's wife syndrome and learn through this short period of isolation what, it what is truly valuable and make us make and let us make sure that we hold our households accountable and ready for Christ's return. So, what about that much shorter answer that Jesus gave to the Pharisees? He, his answer was to them, the kingdom of God is not coming in a way that can be observed. This seems to contradict all the things that he then mentions to his disciples, which we are very much to do with observation and including 
as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky, so shall the Son of Man be, uh, the appearing of the Son of Man be, verse 24. Why does Jesus give one answer to one group of complete and a completely different answer to the other? The clue is in those two groups were. The problem with the Pharisees is that they couldn't see what was standing right in front of them. Jesus also said to them, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you, verse 21. The Pharisees' religion was such that their focus was on the kingdom of God. And that's what was wrong. They missed the most important element of the kingdom, the king who would rule and bring about God's righteousness and peace. And he was standing right before them, in front of them. And it's easy for us to be pharisaical about things too. We can get so excited about the kingdom, looking for the signs of the times, wondering whether we are observing now is important to Christ's return, that we entirely miss the point. The kingdom of God with Christ as its king is about, it's about what he demonstrated in his words, in his actions, his teaching and his healing, his miracles, his attitude of mind his humility and ultimately his trusting God's ways being the right way. So let's not get caught up in the signs of the times too much that we miss the wood for the trees. We're meant to be living kingdom minded lives right now in preparation for that time. As if the kingdom is not in our midst at this very moment. It is something we're just not waiting for. It's not, sorry, it's not something we're just waiting for. It's something we're meant to be urging toward by the manner of life and attitude of mind that we have. What of all those, what all of that, what all of that also means is that when all this is over, the pandemic is a thing of the past and our Lord hasn't returned. Our heightened awareness of our Lord's Son returned shouldn't be replaced by settling down to eat, to drink, and to buy and to sell. It's easy to hope for the kingdom right now. Let's make sure we keep that hope burning, that fire brightly, even when things return to normal. Thank you for joining us for the thoughts for today. It's a bit of a change today. We had two thoughts, but thank you very much for joining us. We hope that you got something out of them. And um, we hope to again be with you tomorrow uh, for another thought for the day. But for now, that's it. God bless. And remember, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Remembering that the antidote for sin is not only not to sin, but to be good and do the Lord's will. Amen. <laughs>